0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Think Wildlife podcast. Today we have Vamsidar Potula. Despite having over 15 years of corporate experience, he is now the Chief Operating Officer and Registrar of Ashoka Trust for Research in Ecology and the Environment, one of the leading ecology research institutes in India. So welcome
1: Vamsidhar, it's great
0: to have you on this podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Anish. Glad to be here.
0: My first question for you is, after 20 years of corporate experience, what made you change the wildlife conservation sector?
1: Yeah, primarily, uh, it all goes with an inclination of yours to be in the environmental uh, friendliness or you talk about uh, the ecological environment around you. So... The primary drive is that that you'd love to be something which you passionately want to do. It can be with wildlife, it can be with uh, conservation or it can be with various flora and fauna and all that. That's how it starts uh, and that is one of the reasons probably. And then eventually uh, during the course of your corporate uh, career too, uh, if anyone has an interest in that, you get driven towards uh, initiatives of the Respective corporate in terms of uh, CSR or in terms of uh, the work we do uh, in in anything which is more relevant to the environment, uh, that is where uh, your 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 kind of inclination goes, and then that draws you to be be part of some social initiatives, social sector. So, for example, in case of mine, I I've, I've been an active Rotarian, and within the Rotary, then I've been involved in a lot of uh, projects which were. Again, uh, driven by uh, environment technology, it can be restoration, it can be rehabilitation of lakes, or it can be something to do with. Uh, of course, uh, in in a earlier, you know, it was all about the understanding is uh, environment is about more of plantations and things like that. But when you deep dive, you understand that that is not the only one. Uh, the bottom line is that. Uh, it's all about your passion, but there is a lot you can do with the corporate rich experience. I mean, that's how I felt like, you know, this time for you to really go back and give back. And at the same time, you can leverage your past experience.
0: So how have your experiences in the corporate sector helped you guide such a prestigious wildlife institute such as a Tree?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say it helped me immensely uh the one thing which uh, i could bring in is the institutional building because uh, uh institutions like atri are very very, as you rightly said we're uh, very uh, unique unique because uh, we have multiple entities like atri is an organization which has got uh, a think tank and a research organization we have an academia which offers the phd and the masters program and we do have a grassroots level NGO in our community conservation centers. So when we are having such a a complex, uh, you know, very unique organization, it needs, the institution need to be built. Uh, So there definitely comes a stage where it needs to transform and uh, be relevant with the times. And uh, more importantly, the transformation I'm talking about is, uh, is not that you are inwardly focused, but you should also look at the outside world to be more relevant with the changing uh, you know, environmental challenges uh, while Atri has always been adapted to it uh, things like communications uh, for example uh, it's it can be mostly a research to research communication which was in focus so if you're talking about public engagement if you're talking about citizen sciences civic engagement that's where the entire shift is moving from a research to research communication to a research to public kind of a communication so that is in one step and the other aspect is in terms of Uh, Even today, uh, while most of the nonprofits are depending, will mostly depend on, uh, you know, fundraisings and fund uh, from various donors, uh, philanthropies and HNIs, and it can be foundations. uh, But what is changing the shift is that the expectations of this donor community is also moving from... uh, Making a you know uh, an output driven uh, to a more outcome driven and which which very clearly indicates there is an impact which element which are very clearly seen. so the social impact part of it, the public engagement part of it has really become more core now. So what uh, I could bring with my experience is these kind of changes which actually puts you into the map more actively. And of course, uh, keeping aside, uh, the interdisciplinarity, which is already existing in this, in a organization like A3 but how, how can you leverage that? Because you're very unique, but, uh, it's like a best kept secret, you know, What people don't know how unique and how, you know, different you are from the other organizations. So I think the way, uh, it helped me is that to, uh, the potential or the kind of, uh, it's like a bo- Surprise element of many people don't know about what it does. This is huge uh, to communicate, excepting for uh, people who are in this domain or who does a little more deep understanding and research into it. Otherwise, uh, there's a lot people don't know. And that's what we are trying to unleash and trying to uncover and tell to tell to the world the stories of what it does, uh, which is making a significant impact uh, to the, you know, the ecological ecosystem uh, system here. Yeah
0: and how difficult was this transition from the corporate sector to the non-profit
1: setup? yeah uh i i don't find there is a major challenge uh in the sense that uh, again i as i mentioned to you it is all about uh, your primarily it is driven by your passion one Two, uh, the basic thing, which the differentiating factor between a corporate and here is that we need a lot of perseverance and patience here because things happen. You cannot push it, uh, the way uh, you are pushing it in a corporate world because you are more driven by objectives. And the moment the objectives are driven, you sometimes go, you know, all out and do it here. Going all out is not practically feasible in a physical scenario because uh, it, it is dependent on various external factors, which it depends on various, you know, elements, which are not under your direct control. So that is one thing. But, uh, the biggest thing which I realized is that the efforts are almost double. I mean, uh, if people think that uh, getting into this sector is something which is very easy and cozy, it is not so. Your efforts are almost 2x. But the best part is, uh, the kind of output satisfaction or the kind of uh, fulfillment you get is more than 10x so that's the primary difference you know that is where uh, you get motivated to uh, do because if you're working for let's say 8 10 11 12 hours there's there's no pain or no stress you feel in these kind of sectors because everything is actually somewhere contributing to something which is impactful i mean that is that is where uh, the transition becomes easier for people who look in that angle when someone looks at it in an angle of uh, you know thinking that you need to put less effort physically or uh, mentally, then I it might not be the right uh, way of looking at things. But someone who is looking at the effort versus the output or the satisfaction, I think this is a place.
0: What advice would you
1: give to younger
0: people who are willing to make a similar transition from the corporate sector to the non-profit
1: Yeah. So for people who wanted to really shift, I, I put it in two levels. One is uh younger generation who are probably starting the career or almost, uh, you know, in the initial stages of a career, if they want to shift, yes, that shift for them is more towards, you know, beating the monotony of what they're doing in a, in a process driven organizations or so-called, you know, uh, you know, very structured uh, ecosystems where they're working on it. But For them, it is all about they can come here and pursue the dreams of really, you know, experimenting, trying to innovate, being a little more creative and uh, really get the hang of what they would have dreamt of uh, being in a field. It can be in terms of wild or it can be in terms of uh, nature or anything. So for them, it is exciting because they're pursuing their passion, that they're doing what they're loving. At the same time, you know, they are uh, pursuing a career. Career is also being formed. And of course, if someone with the interest of uh, learning more or trying to, you know, advance in terms of research, they will love it. That is one. For a mid-career professionals who are like, maybe uh, people like me who spend a decade or two uh, in the corporate life, very active corporate life, uh, this is again a sea change uh, in the sense that uh, for them as i mentioned to you uh, it's all about a complete paradigm shift in the way you look at things you know your your effort remains the same again i was telling but then the output the satisfaction the entire and then if you're really getting motivated by the kind of impact you're making and trying to build an organization that's why you know people who come from especially from the corporates especially in the mid career they bring in a lot of value because the two decades working are uh, a 1 decade 2 decade whatever the experience they bring in from the corporate or from any other sector will have significant because that is where the interdisciplinarity comes. And uh, it's all about applying those learnings here because what you bring in is not there in the system here, which means that a typical conservation, environmental, ecology, you know, sustainability organizations don't have that, uh, you know, understand the nuances of how do you really communicate effectively many a times or how do you really manage a larger organization? How you build organizations through probably seeking more funding and all that stuff. So they bring in a lot of value there. And they also get to learn certain nuances of how to take things in a in a phased manner, not rushing and jumping, which is what they were doing before because of the environment there. So here it is all about persons and perseverance. So if they're able to gel these two aspects that believe me they are going to be the most successful folks even compared to the people who have been in the system for long but and that's all about again an attitude of a person to really take up such kind of a change. Are you really willing to take this change? The moment you take that change in a consciously uh, I don't find any reason for not uh, people not being Forget about being successful, but not being really fulfilling and kicked up with that role and responsibility. Other than scientific training, what about what are some of the
0: in-demand skills required in the conservation sector?
1: Uh scientific training goes in terms of understanding of the work they are doing. But what really matters uh, is that because most of these conservation organizations, they are more focused on the technicalities many a times. But things like communication, which which I was telling, because communication becomes very, very critical uh yeah you may call it as a science communication but even otherwise a communication to get an outreach because for any conservation today if you tell you have to really show an impact there should be a very active outreach so to be to have an outreach your communication should be very strong the next one is the developmental efforts what you call it as an ability to build relationships and you know start connecting with the uh, organizations to raise funds or to ensure that you uh, build collaborations and partnerships. So this is one area which uh, people have to have beyond their technical skills. So these are the main ones. One is communication, one is fun. And of course, organizational skills. Because at the end of the day, if if you're not a team player or if you're not a team leader, or trying to build uh, people together and actually bring in that kind of inclusiveness, this happens only when you get exposed. So these are the sk- uh, skills uh, they should actually own, uh, at least try to consciously build if you are to be a successful, uh, you know, a leader or a, a, a person in um, in this domain of conservation, environmental ecology, or for that matter, in the social sector. Yeah. As a whole. It is quite well
0: known for their research work and capacity building work. So on, the, on the other end, you guys also work with environmental education at grassroots levels. Uh, talk us through the
1: uh, programs you run at Atri's Community Conservation Centers. Okay. So, uh, like I mentioned before, Atri uh, is a very unique organization which has got a uh, research uh, and the think tank uh, part of it. Then, of course, we do have uh, an academy, which is what you mentioned, which is uh, offering a PhD program, which is truly interdisciplinary uh, PhD program. And uh, now we have introduced master's in conservation practice, which is more focused on the hands-on practice in conservation uh, and uh, we have a grassroots level organizations which are predominantly driven from our community conservation centers where there is a landscape based or a place based research happening and uh, we work uh, across western ghats and eastern himalayas so when the when it comes to conservation education uh, apart from our masters and phd program uh, we take it up actively uh, even in our community conservation centers uh, one uh, with the communities we work with in terms of uh, how do you really make these communities sustainable and make them aware of uh, their own landscape. And uh, when I say that uh, each of these landscapes are rich in biodiversity, rich in uh, you know in the in the in terms of forest wildlife, there are multiple issues they have, and uh, all the time there need not be a specialist or there need not be an NGO working there to uh, you know solve that problems if communities are kind of enabled or if they are being, you know, built into a way that they became sustainable, including their livelihoods. So our education, uh, conservation education starts at a very grassroots level where we say that, you know, your environment, you know, your locales in terms of the the kind of landscapes in which you are born and brought up and how do you really conserve it. So that is what we call it as for uh, you know ecosystem services. So they use a lot of uh, you know products or a lot of livelihood is dependent on these environments. But if they are well educated, they know how to conserve it at the same time uh, build a livelihood of it. So it can be uh, non timber forest products. How do you really harvest them? Train them in something which is uh, in in a small social entrepreneurial kind of way. Build build their own small enterprise. It can be things like. Honey processing, or if you talk about invasive species, uh, where you know you're to see uh, train them in kind of craftsmanship in terms of making some product out of it, and these are all the very basic level skill building education at the same time ensuring there is a livelihood. That is the part of uh, the grassroots level, and at the larger level in in the institution or in the organization, we are talking about building environmental leaders. These are the ones. Who actually trying to bring in because with all the challenges of environment, right from whether you call it as a carbon sequestration or a climate change and various aspects of it, everything is dominantly covered through this conservation education. That's how itry uh, involves uh, in actually imparting. So uh, we we talk about uh, developing interdisciplinary knowledge, and we are true to that uh, that interdisciplinary knowledge uh, be it from the aspects of uh, social sciences natural sciences or for that, you know in terms of socio political thing we will ensure that has been done including the forest for example in the forest we we make sure that the forest rights act which is uh, which is very very critical for the communities there to know what their rights are and bring them their uh, rights back to them probably get their land for their own livelihood. These are the lot of initiatives which a has done and we continue to uh, focus on that because we believe in this it's not just the glamorous species we are talking about all the species uh, that's where uh, the, the overall biodiversity comes in and, and the conservation education is focused at A3.
0: How do you think environmental education can improve in India?
1: Okay Environmental education actually can improve when there, there is a conscious uh, effort by each one of the citizens uh, to start becoming environmentally conscious. And education need not necessarily be someone has to do an undergrad or a grad program or, for that matter, research uh, in environment. It starts from uh, having that awareness and consciousness. And that is precisely where organizations like Atree, uh, or, for that matter, uh, of this breed uh, who are developing uh you know, uh, uh, interdisciplinary knowledge have to actually disseminate it to all the people and ensure that it, it is the outreach is important and that's a, precisely the communications play a role. So, like I was mentioning before, it's not just uh, internal com- internally only the people in this domain are aware of it. It's about how you communicate to the public, how you bring this pub- uh, public engagement or citizen sciences. So once these organizations are involving people and making them aware of what are the consequences of these you know various environmental challenges we are facing right from a very basic level it can it, they need not talk about a carbon sequestration they need not know about a carbon uh, you know credits and things like that but the basic fundamental things if they're able to do in the right way and conserve it. so there are two ways you know one is you conserve it or you restore it. So, restoration may be a more uh, scientific way of uh, doing it, but conservation is something which people can do in their own small way. So, it starts with that. In terms of education, the the environmental education is moving from typical environmental sciences and studies to practice. So, the more you are practicing it, and then there is an impact being shown. Otherwise, the studies might confine to uh, academia or uh, research domain but through papers or whatever but is it really making an impact I mean, so that's that's the challenge and uh, yeah what is the role of schools in environmental education i think uh, i strongly foresee every sc- at, at at a very young age uh, that's very uh, formative stages of uh, early stage uh, it can be even as uh, as uh, you know small as in the age group of, uh, you know, where you are in the kindergarten level or in the early childhood level, people have to bring in that awareness about basic resources. So we have natural resources. It can be a water conservation. It can be, you know, uh, sanitation. It can be something to do with, uh, you know, things like waste management or just a basic awareness campaigns. And I think we have seen the new age schools or even the governments of late bringing in some uh, curriculum in their uh you know, practice uh, wherein they're trying to incorporate that kind of modules. And then the kids are trying to learn that starts at a very basic level. So they become conscious about the nature of the environment, about the kind of, you know, trying to be, but as they grow, they grow as uh, responsible citizens. And, uh, and then eventually they understand the basic science of what the environment is, need not be scientists, And then uh, it's all about, how you create that, uh, you know, uh, excitement. So environment today or wildlife today or wildlife conservation today is all about a lot of uh, glamour to it. So many times as they grow up, they might look at the glamorous animals and say that they get attracted to it. But lesser known species, that is what we say in a that biodiversity is, you know, it includes all the kind of uh, species. It can be, uh, you know, we, we, we focus on even the smallest of the insect or a bug, which contributes to the biodiversity or the conservation that we, so, and these kids have to know because in the initial stages, they start le- learning things which, which actually come out with the fear that, okay, uh, let us say, uh a spider is is scary to them or uh, let's say uh, you know even a bug is you know the moment you see a bug but they don't understand if if there are some modules that's what we are trying to bring in uh, to know how the birds or uh, you know how the smaller species of animals it can are really useful to the society or useful to the environment and they can easily understand at least you you start making them like them by which your small uh, you know The pictorial storytelling kind of stuff where you are making the uh, kids, you know, start actually liking this species rather than from the day one you find an insect, you kill them or, you know, things like that. Uh, I think this is very critical and it comes uh, as a system, but I am glad that there has been a significant uh, improvement change we are finding, but there's a long way to go. But yes. Uh, this can be brought in by more youth like you guys who uh, in organizations like uh, you the twf you i am glad that you started that initiative and bringing that awareness i i've seen your blogs i can see your uh, coverage across and you've been very actively trying to propagate and bring in in a very small simple language i think that is that endeavor is more important a small storytelling or a small book or whatever which probably makes them take things in a different you know look at things in different way and start liking it rather than trying to look at it as a you know so that way yes this this a lot that can be done but i think uh, it should be incorporated as a small module or a subject or a course or a small uh, curriculum in each of these uh, various levels of education apart from whatever the core subjects they have
0: uh, A3 is celebrating its 25th year this year. So how are the celebration planning going? And you guys are hosting a massive event uh, at the ISE campus. So the talk is through that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really a very exciting moment for each one of us at A3 because 25 is there's no uh, small achievement. And uh, especially uh, 25 years of uh, you know building uh, interdisciplinary knowledge, And, of course, uh, developing uh, and future environmental leaders. ITRI has, uh, to its credit, around 35-odd PhD students who passed out and they are in different uh, parts of uh, the world in terms of contributing to conservation, uh, environment, ecology, in academia, in the social sector, in the nonprofit sector, and, of course, in research organizations across think tanks. Uh, that is one thing we feel proud and in terms of our contribution to the policies, in terms of our contribution to the environment and development in terms of forests or in terms of our social impact and innovations. So we, all our centers, each one of them have their own, uh, you know, great track record of the contributions. So we are going to showcase all of our things. So the event is actually, uh, uh the themed as life and lives, uh, lives and life, whichever way you call it. And uh, we are wanting to showcase this in four things, you know, waterscapes, landscapes, nature scapes and four. uh, So that is what four thematic areas. Uh, And at the same time, we are also having certain interesting public engagement kind of uh, topics, uh, which is called a cafe controversy, whether it is like, you know, do you really need to feed uh, animals? Uh, is it right? And uh, do you really need to plant? What is it? Do you need to plant trees uh, or you should not? Or where do you do need to do it? Or do you need to really go organic? These are all very public, interested topics which people have a lot of controversy. And so we have people from both the uh, you know pro and on. They are trying to debate and come to it so these are all and they're quite an interesting uh for the public there are board games on environment conservation which are, which is going to be interesting for the kids and then we are also having a sound booth which says about you know how do you identify the various sounds of it can be various species of animals or birds or whatever so otherwise we have a plenaries uh for you know which are really of interesting topics uh i think uh that way uh we are proud to you know, celebrating this. Truly, we are celebrating that interdisciplinary aspect of it because the way we approach, see the the difference uh, of any other institution, and uh, what it is that no one has looked uh, biodiversity or conservation in a holistic point of view. So, what we bring in is whether it is a social uh, science, social sciences, or natural sciences, or for that matter, we look at it in a way which is a very holistic one. And how do we really link that with? various things you know we link uh, all of them and then see uh, the nuances of it you know whether it is in the sociological way anthropological way so all aspects are embedded so we are just trying to bring that showcase this during the event and that is where uh, we want to people to start uh, you know start understanding the impact of uh, how they can contribute to the ecological you know environmental kind of practices which they can adopt so it's, it's a very exciting time. I, I, we, uh, I think, uh, it is a public event. We are wanting more students. And in fact, we are inviting students from all, uh, across, whether it's students from colleges come from schools, uh, to come in large number and, uh, really understand the work. And we are doing that, uh, to our level best. And uh, we are looking forward for that. Yeah.
0: So I'll definitely attend. So that is my last question for the day. And thank you for your time. It's been a, a value, very valuable 25 odd minutes.
1: Great. Yeah. So that's nice and uh, very nice speaking to you. Uh, I would congratulate you guys for the work you've been doing uh, through your foundation. And I find it very interesting that uh, being such uh, and that's what we need. We need youth like you to really take that, such initiatives and drive, drive that awareness, and all the questions you asked are all addressed. If people like you are really propagating this and trying to build that awareness and trying to bring in that moment, uh, kind of a thing in the in the youth, uh, that's great job done by you guys. Uh, appreciate uh, your work, and all the best to you guys. Yeah. Thank
0: you.